0: You're listening to Our Prophet, a collaboration between Sahlain and Al Hujja Islamic Seminary. If you enjoy this podcast, please consider becoming our patron by donating at slash support. Now, we'd like to focus on the Fort of Qamus. This one was the most important fort to liberate. And the highlight of Khaybar occurred at this fort. Qamus was the strongest fort in Khaybar. Well armed, heavily fortified. Now interestingly, when Muslims wanted to liberate this fort, Imam Ali salam was not present. For this very important moment and victory, initially, Imam Ali, Imam Ali salam was not present. Now there were many companions who made claims that we're brave, we're qualified. Why is it that Ali always gets the attention? We can also pull it off. You know, many companions made those claims. Why is Ali always getting the honor? This time around, Allah deliberately prevented Imam Ali from being there to give them a chance. Okay, you're always claiming you're the best. You're always uh, complaining why Ali gets the honor and you're jealous of him and you envy him. Yalla, we'll give you the opportunity to liberate this fort. So Allah gave them a chance to prove themselves. Why was Imam Ali not present? We know he went with the Prophet to Khaybar. And in the beginning he was there and he liberated some of the forts. But when they came to the strongest fort of Qamus, Imam Ali was not present there at the battlefield. Why? Yes so Imam Ali salam his blessed eyes get inflicted with what we call an Arabic ramad. Ramad is an ailment of the eye, it could be ophthalmia or conjunctivitis, a type of you know condition or infection that affects the eye. This ramad of Imam Ali salam was so severe he couldn't see in front of him so he didn't become blind but he had trouble with his vision, so he couldn't come to fight. Hence, now that Imam Ali is not there to save the day, the Prophet says, okay, let me give you the opportunity, you other companions you know, who basically always have big claims. So the Prophet gave Abu Bakr and Umar the opportunity to liberate the fort and bring victory to Islam. Now, Sahih al-Bukhari, as they call it, Sahih, and Muslim, and many other Sunni sources have reported that the banner was given to Abu Bakr and Umar. So let's see what happened. The Prophet gives the white raya, the white standard or flag, to Abu Bakr. He told him, go, here are my companions, let them join you, go and liberate this fort. Abu Bakr goes, he comes back with no victory. The next day, the Prophet sallallahu alaihi gives the banner to who? To Umar ibn al-Khattab. He also goes, he comes back with no victory. The Jews had an edge during these two days. They showed greater strength than the Muslims. Now, I would like to share with you what Tabari says about how they went and how they came back. Tabari is a Sunni historian. He gives us details, especially on Umar, how he went without a victory. So according to Tabari, when Umar gets there to the fort, you know what he does? He does something very interesting but disturbing. He begins to praise Marhab, who's the chief of the Jews and the strongest warrior at Khaybar. He begins to highlight his extraordinary courage and bravery and fighting skills. And what effect did that have on the companions? Weaken them. Look, when you're going to fight your enemy, you don't tell your companions how strong the enemy is. Tell them you're strong. We can bring them down. But unfortunately, we find Umar doing the opposite. He highlights the strength of Marhab and he intimidates them. Like who dares and to go and fight Marhab when he's been just described like that? The Prophet was very disappointed when he heard about this. He was very displeased when he heard that Umar did that. On his way back, when Umar came to the tents or the camp of the Prophet sallallahu he accused his men of being cowards he told them we failed because you're cowards you're not brave and they accused him back they told him you're the coward who did not really let us go and fight them I want you to read the exact words of Tabari he states Omar and his companions, they without a victory, they left and they came back. Rasulillah. They came back to the Prophet. These are the words of who? Tabari, the Sunni historian. He says he came back while his companions accuse him of being a coward, and they and he accuses them of being cowards. So he's putting the blame on them, they're putting the blame on him. <laughs> The Prophet is really disappointed. Two days, Abu Bakr goes, he does the same thing. He blames his companions, they blame him. Omar blames the fighters, they blame him. So when the Prophet saw that, he was really disappointed. The Prophet stated, How is it that some people come back defeated and they are accusing their people of cowardice so the prophet was criticizing what Umar and Abu Bakr did then after showing that dismay after showing that disappointment the prophet makes an historic announcement that announcement which reverberates in history until today after everyone saw their failure the prophet says tomorrow Something's going, to be, something's going to be different. I will give the banner, the raya, the flag, rajulan to a man. When the prophet says, man, what do you think he's trying to say? Allah will give him victory. Number two, he doesn't run away. He doesn't have the attribute or description of excessively running away. He loves Allah and He loves the Messenger. And wa And Allah and the Messenger, love Him back. He will conquer the fort by force. Now, Buraida, one of the companions of the Prophet وسلم, and this is mainly in Sunni sources that I'm narrating to you. Burayda says we heard the statement from the prophet. Now the prophet kept it a mystery. He didn't tell he didn't say who. He said tomorrow I'm going to give the banner to this person with these qualities, but he doesn't say who. So Burayda says we slept that night wondering who will get this honor tomorrow. He says we were all anxious that night. We're going to wake up who's the prophet who is the prophet going to choose for this. In the morning they flocked to the prophet hoping to have this honor. Umar and Abu Bakr specifically anticipated to get this honor. Now it's kind of disturbing that they wanted this honor despite their recent failure, right? How do you have the audacity to have this honor when you just came back as a failure and the Prophet was displeased with you? So Buraida says the companions were stretching their necks and their heads to show themselves to the Prophet so they can have this honor. There was a lot of anxiousness. In fact, Umar, Umar, he himself says, I was, you know how sometimes you stand on your toes and you stretch, you stretch your neck? He said, I did that so the Prophet notices me. So he sees me in the crowd and hopefully I can get the honor. Now, one reason why they hoped for that honor is because they knew Imam Ali was not present. He was ill. He couldn't fight. He could, could barely see. That, encourage them to look forward to the honor, because if Ali is around, forget it. You're not getting the honor when Imam Ali is around. The only reason why they had hopes, like, okay, if Ali is not here because he's so ill with his eyes, so obviously he can't fight, then it's got to be one of us. So we have hopes that it's going to be us. That's why they really had those hopes. So everyone, imagine the crowd of companions. Remember, there were 1,500 companions with the Prophet at Khaybah. 1,500. So you had hundreds of these companions surrounding the Prophet. The Prophet is going to make that announcement. Who's going to get the honor of receiving the banner? One who's a man, who never runs away. He always comes back with victory. Allah loves him. The Prophet loves him. He loves Allah. He loves the Prophet. It's a big, big medal of honor. So they're anxious, Buraida says, We're waiting for the Prophet to choose one of us. Then the silence of the anxiously waiting companions was broken by the words of the Prophet saying, Aina Ali. Where is Ali? Now they still had hope because they knew Imam Ali was suffering from the ailment of the eye from Ramad. So they told him he is suffering from his eyes. He has a problem in his eyes. So Imam Ali was inflicted with Ramad such that he could not see. Some reports indicate he was in a tent, maybe preparing some food only, you know, if he sees something very closely to him, he could, you know, deal with it. So the Imam was still being helpful despite his eye condition. So when they tell him that Ali is suffering from the condition of the eye and he can't be here the Prophet says go and bring him to me I want Ali ibn Abi Talib here go and bring it at that point they're starting to lose hope but they still know that he can't see properly he can't fight so they're not sure how this is going to end burayda says Ali ibn Abi Talib السلام, arrived with his eyes wrapped with a cloth due to the pain and due to the infection the Prophet sallallahu sees him. He tells him, Malik, Ali, what's, what's, what's wrong with you? What happened? Imam Ali alayhi tells him, hatta la upsuru ma I've been inflicted with ramad, this condition of the eye as we mentioned, this infection, such that I can't see in front of me. The Prophet sallallahu told him, Udnu Ali, come, come close to me. Al-Hakim al naysaburi Sunni scholar, he narrates now this detail over here. He narrates that Imam Ali alayhi salam says, He says, The Prophet put my head by his lap or on his lap. And then the Prophet took from his blessed saliva and he started to rub my eyes with it. He says as soon as that happened, Imam Ali ibn Abi Talib was completely healed from his eye condition such that he felt no pain till the rest of his life. One of the barakah of the saliva of the Prophet is that Imam Ali says till the last day of my life never did I feel pain in my eyes anymore. Allahumma salli ala Muhammadin wa Muhammad. So this was a prophetic miracle in this very critical moment. Then the Prophet has a beautiful conversation with Imam Ali and he makes a beautiful statement about guiding others. So Imam Ali Ali tells him, Ya Rasulullah, give me the instructions. What do you want me to call them to? What should I fight them for? The Prophet Sallallahu tells him, Ud'uhum ilal Islam, invite them to the path of Islam. Tell them about the divine rights that they have to observe. The right of his messenger then he makes the beautiful statement لَأَنْ اللَّهُ بِكَ رَجُلًا وَاحِدًا خَيْرٌ لَكَ مِنْ أَنْ لَكَ حُمْرٌ نَعَمٌ the prophet tells him O Ali guide them invite them to the path of guidance if Allah guides one person through you O Ali it's better that for you than حُمْر النَّعَم what's حُمْر النَّعَم? does anyone know? Humr al-Naam is basically red-haired camels. They were the most precious camels in Arabia and the most valuable and the best of all camels. They were like the Mercedes-Benz of this era or the Lamborghinis of this era, right? <laughs> High quality camels, good for everything. The Arabs used this as an expression. If they wanted to say something very valuable, they would say what? Humr al-Naam. So, the Prophet is telling him, Oh Ali, if Allah guides one person through you, that's better for you than the most valuable thing on earth in the eyes of the people. Then, this part, Abu Huraira narrates. Now, we have these in our sources. I just want to share with you also Sunni hadith so they don't say we're exaggerating. No, this is also confirmed by Sunni sources. So, Imam Ali ibn Abi Talib says to the Prophet, okay you know so give me more instructions the prophet states to him go and fight them until Allah gives them victory so he asked the prophet Ala anna what should I fight them for the prophet told them fight them until they say La ilaha illallah, and that I am his messenger if they do that they're safe their wealth their property their lives that will be all safe and Allah is the one who will judge them Basically, the imam was instructed to give them three options. Number one, the first option is to become Muslim. You have fought Islam for so long. You have caused so much controversy. Remember, the Khaybaris are the ones who started the battle of Ahzab, almost uprooting Islam. Become Muslim and that's it let's be friends let's be brothers in faith they rejected they said no we're not leaving the Torah we're not leaving our religion the Imam says okay I give you another option you can stay as Jewish people we're not forcing you to convert give up your arms you're a threat to our security and you have made it clear that you will fight us to death give up your arms and pay the jizya pay the tax and live peacefully in fact, you will live under our protection. They also refused. The Prophet told them the third one, fight them. If they don't want to become Muslim, they don't want to give up their arms, they want to fight us and stay as enemies, we can't let that happen. Because they almost uprooted Islam. Just recently during the Battle of Ahzab. They chose to fight, unfortunately. The Prophet also says the following to Imam Ali ibn Abi Talib, alayhi salam. He tells him, Ya Ali, wallahi nafsi biyadi, inna maaka man la yukhdiluk. O ya khdiluk. Ali, I swear by Allah, in whose hands is my soul, you have someone with you who will never betray you. Who? Hada Jibra'il alayhi salam an yaminik. This is Jibra'il to your right. Biyadihi seifun. He has a sword. If he strikes the mountains, he'll cut them into pieces. So, know that the victory is there with you. Ya Ali, inna ka Sayyidul Arab. O Ali, you are the master of the Arabs. Wa ana Sayyidul di Adam. And I am the master of the children of Adam. In another hadith, the Prophet tells him, Imdiya Ali, go Ali to the fort of Khaybar. Jibreel is to your right, Miqa'ir is to your left. Isra'il is in front of you, Israfil is behind you and the victory from Allah is above you e خَلْفَكِ And my dua is from behind you Allahu Akbar Look at the statement by the Prophet You're right Jibreel Your left Mikail In front of you Israel, the angel of death Behind you Israfil These are the four of the greatest angels Above you the victory from Allah And behind you Min خَلْفِكِ Behind all of this is my dua for you and if the Prophet does dua for anyone, does Allah say no to him? So the Prophet puts the iron armor on the Imam. He gives him the sword of dhul And Imam Ali salam proceeds to the fort jogging, Yuharwil. The Imam was so brave, even though he's carrying the heaviness of the armor, and he is facing a massive fort with thousands of fighters and archers. The Imam starts to jog, towards the fort of Khaybar the companions who were with him were following him he fixed the banner at the at the base of the fort a Khaybari a Jewish Khaybari looked over from the fort and he said who are you? because from far you can't tell who they are They're, they're wearing an armor he said I am Ali you know what the Khaybari said? he said by the one who revealed the Torah to Musa you have achieved victory later inshallah we'll examine what happened with Marhab and the Jewish scholar who warned Marhab we'll talk about that but when he heard the word Ali it's like that's it you've achieved victory they had heard in their own scriptures that a man by the name of Ali will bring down their fort subhanallah even that was documented